It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Today is Thursday, January 28th, 2021. On this day in 1829, the infamous killer and body snatcher William Burke was executed in a public hanging. Over a span of a year, Burke and his partner William Hare murdered at least 16 people and sold their bodies to an anatomy professor for medical research. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today we're covering the hanging of William Burke. Let's go back to the morning of January 28, 1829, to a crowded square in Edinburgh, Scotland. The mood was jubilant as teeming crowds packed in Edinburgh's lawn market. The Newcastle Current reported that Never, we believe, was such an assemblage seen. The crowd assembled, which could not be short of 30,000 souls, rent the air with shouts of exultation when the monster appeared on the scaffold. The monster in question did not have fangs or claws, but was an unassuming-looking man in his late 30s. And for the moment, he was one of the most infamous people in Scotland. William Burke had emigrated from Northern Ireland to work as a manual laborer on the Union Canal. Shortly after arriving in Edinburgh, he met and befriended William Hare, a fellow Irishman who ran a boarding house in Tanner's Close. Their friendship spelled disaster for many of Edinburgh's poorer residents. The trouble began in November of 1827, when one of Hare's tenants suddenly died of edema. Hare was frustrated that the man had died still owing rent, and with Burke's help, he hatched a plan to recoup the funds. At the time, Edinburgh was home to several leading experts in the field of anatomy. Medical students traveled from across the United Kingdom to learn from these surgeons in crowded lecture halls. The doctors needed a steady stream of cadavers to dissect before their pupils, and they were willing to pay a pretty penny to get them. Burke and Hare knew an opportunity when it fell into their lap, or in this case, when it dropped dead in their boarding house. Before the funeral, they stole the dead tenant's body from his coffin and headed to University of Edinburgh to find a buyer. They found themselves at the office of Professor Robert Knox, one of the most popular anatomy lecturers in the city. He paid them seven pounds and ten shillings for the dead man, somewhere in the neighborhood of one thousand U.S. dollars today. On their way out, Knox's assistant told the men that he would be glad to see them again when they had another body to dispose of. 
it wasn't long before Burke and Hare were back at Knox's door with a fresh corpse, this time of their own making. Not willing to go to the trouble of digging up a dead body or wait for another tenant to die, they took matters into their own hands. Knox never asked any questions. He would pay his usual seven pounds, which the two men would then split. Burke and Hare were hooked. Over the next 10 months, they killed at least 16 people and sold their bodies. Their modus operandi was to lure their victims back to Hare's boarding house, get them drunk on whiskey, and then smother them to death. It was important that the bodies not have any bruises or marks that showed they'd been murdered. One of them would cover the victim's face and nose, while the other laid across their chest. Along with preventing the victim from moving, this had the added effect of restricting their chest from expanding so they could be smothered that much faster. The method was so successful that it was later taken up by copycats and became known as burking. The duo killed for the last time on October 31, 1828. Their final victim was a poor old woman named Margaret Dougherty. Burke and Hare made the mistake of hiding the body under a pile of straw near the bed while they went out, and it was discovered by a pair of tenants. Both men were arrested. The police suspected that Burke and Hare were guilty of several murders, but they knew they were going to have a hard time proving it. Most of the bodies were long gone, and there were no markings on Margaret Dougherty to prove that she had been murdered. The investigators decided the only way they were going to get a conviction was if one of the men testified against the other. Hare was chosen. As the police expected, he was all too eager to give up his accomplice in exchange for immunity. Burke tried to shift the blame back onto Hare, but it was too late. Burke was tried and found guilty the day after Christmas, 1828. A month later, on January 28th, he was executed before a raucous crowd. People who lived close to the square rented out their windows and awnings as viewing spots. In a twist of true crime irony, Burke's body was turned over to the University of Edinburgh for public dissection. The procedure was performed by the legendary anatomy teacher, Professor Alexander Monroe, in front of a crowd of eager students. Afterwards, a wallet was made from his skin, and his skeleton was put on display at the medical school's anatomical museum, where it remains to this day. The people of Edinburgh ensured that he suffered the same fate as his victims for as long as they saw fit. Coming up, we'll take a deeper look at the historical practice of body snatching in Edinburgh and find out what happened to Burke's accomplice. Listeners, this month marks 60 years since John F. Kennedy became the 35th President of the United States, ushering his already prominent family into the highest enclaves of political power. But behind their storied successes lie secrets and scandals so severe, if it were any other lineage, they would have been left in ruin. 
This January, to commemorate this iconic milestone, dig into the dramas of a real-life American dynasty in the Spotify original from Parcast, The Kennedys. This exclusive series from Spotify features your favorite ParCast hosts, including me, covering every angle of the Kennedys from shows like Conspiracy Theories, Unsolved Murders, Crime Countdown, and others. Assassinations and conspiracies, corruption and cover-ups, international affairs, and extramarital ones, too. Examine all of the Kennedy family's most controversial moments, all in one place. You can binge all 12 episodes of this limited series starting on Tuesday, January 19th. Follow The Kennedys free and exclusively on Spotify. Now, back to the story. On the morning of January 28, 1829, the serial killer William Burke was executed by hanging in front of a large crowd in Edinburgh, Scotland. He and his accomplice William Hare had killed at least 16 people and sold their bodies to an anatomy professor for instructing surgery students. Burke and Hare's murder spree turned them into two of the most infamous serial killers of the 19th century. Their case was regarded as one of extreme deviancy, two cruel, diabolical men preying on Edinburgh's most vulnerable residents. But it can also be seen as a cautionary tale about unforeseen consequences. The circumstances that made body snatching a popular activity in Burke and Hare's age can be traced back to at least the early 18th century. A crime wave had led many British lawmakers to decide that hanging was not a harsh enough punishment to keep people from committing murders. A harsher deterrent was needed. The 1752 Murder Act sought to remedy the situation by adding insult to injury. After execution, murderers' bodies would be strung up in chains until they began to rot or turned over for dissection. Lawmakers hoped that the Murder Act would prevent crime and provide a steady stream of bodies to the growing field of anatomy, but the result was just the opposite. The number of criminals executed in Scotland was far below the growing demand for medical cadavers, and dissection had become a mark of infamy to be avoided at all costs. This left anatomists desperate for bodies. When they started paying for them, people started digging up bodies to sell. These grave robbers, known as resurrectionists, were especially prevalent in Edinburgh, a city with lots of anatomists and relatively few executed murderers. Residents began going to extreme lengths to protect their relatives' bodies. They reinforced grave sites and posted guards around cemeteries, but even these measures weren't enough to stop the body snatchers. In time, a full economy sprang up around grave robbing. From a certain perspective then, Burke and Hare were merely opportunists, taking things to their obvious conclusion. There was a demand for bodies, and grave robbing was becoming more difficult by the day. The 1752 Murder Act may have been intended as a deterrent for killing, but in effect, it created an economic incentive for it. The grave robbing problem had been growing for years, but Burke and Hare's crimes thrust it into the public's conscience in a new way. 
A spree by some copycats in England, known as the London Burkers, was the final straw. Parliament passed the Anatomy Act of 1832, finally making the donation of bodies to science legal. In the end, William Burke was the only person officially held accountable for the murder spree. Robert Knox, the professor who purchased the bodies from the killers, was not charged, but his reputation was badly damaged. As for William Hare, his fate remains a mystery. After being released from police custody, he effectively disappeared. Some have suggested that he was found out and killed by an angry mob, or he may have returned home to Ireland and assumed a fake name. Whatever the case, the truth is now lost to history. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. For more stories like this, check out my other show, Serial Killers, on Spotify. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Andrew Kelleher, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Adriana Romero. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Fact. Fiction. Fame. Discover the real story behind one of history's most formidable families in the Spotify original from Parcast, The Kennedys. Remember, you can binge all 12 episodes starting on Tuesday, January 19th. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify.